0: Hi, my name is Jameson. Welcome to the Unexpected Experts podcast, a show where we dive into the vast spectrum of human knowledge and the ways that our experiences make us experts in unexpected ways. Thanks so much for listening. All right, well, welcome to the podcast. This is episode two. This will be Conversation here with my good friend Mitchell. Mitch is a worship pastor at one of the largest churches in Canada. Uh, he was recently featured in a virtual choir video of Canadian worship leaders on Canada Day um, called Now and Forever. He's a vocal coach. Uh, he's currently developing an app, and uh, he's just a very close friend and fellow vocalist and musician. Uh, Mitch, welcome to Unexpected Experts.
1: Thank you, James. Good to be here, brother
0: happy to chat happy to chat too it's been it's been a long time coming so i'm glad we could sit down and just hash this sucker out so why don't we start with um i've i mean we've known each other for man how many years like eight years or so
1: uh 2000... something like that yeah i guess so
0: I'm trying to remember the exact time 2012 2012 so yeah about eight years Wow, time flies. Um, yeah, you and I were students together at a little Bible college here in Calgary, Rocky Mountain College. Uh, we were both music majors in the same program, and we had a lot of classes together, a lot of fun together, a lot of good times together. And uh, yeah, why don't why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you grew up, uh, where you grew up, where you came from, uh, what brought you to Calgary, and you know, pursuing music, becoming a pastor, you know, developing an app. I think that's pretty cool. Um, and being someone who I've always seen as very focused on personal growth and relationships. So uh maybe give us a little a little summary of of who Mitch Osmond is.
1: Wow, that is a uh, that's a pretty big question there, bro. But uh <laughs> I uh you know what? you're well, you're up
0: I know you're up for it. I know you're good for it.
1: Uh, That's good. Uh, Yeah. So take it back to the beginning. I, um, yeah, I was born and raised in Newfoundland, uh, just magical land on the east coast of Canada. And, uh, and grew up there and uh, left Newfoundland about when I was about 17, actually 18. And I moved to Fort McMurray, uh, just uh, eight hours north of Calgary here, worked in the oil and gas industry. And uh, I always knew from a young age that I, I loved to, to create, I loved people, I loved music. And working in the oil and gas and the trades world, um, being pretty isolated up there from people and arts, for that matter, um, just wasn't really a great mix. And so I decided to um, pack up my stuff and, and head down to Calgary and uh, go to school to study music. And this is where I met you, Jamo as you mentioned that's right um, yeah and so really um that's kind of what started this journey and i um i really i really like i said i've always loved music and and all those different things and so i just started to kind of pursue um anything to do with the creative and what well, my mom always said mitch you you love people and you love music and she always said if you could just do something that involves that, um, then you'll do well. You'll be happy in what you do. And uh, you know what they say, your mother knows you best. And so uh, she was right. And so that's kind of what made me uh, get into that. Of course, I studied um, that, graduated with a a degree in music, majored in vocal performance. um, And that led me to uh, uh, be a part of a a, um, church plant here in the city, um, where I worked out for about three years, helped grow the church uh, and that the the music part, of the music component of that church, and then eventually took this position um, at Center Street Church where I'm currently working, and um, which is what you mentioned earlier. And there is where I uh, do a lot of musical development with musicians, plan uh, uh, their large scale productions, um, you know, Easter, uh, Christmas. Christmas Eve, all those different things, work with orchestras, choirs, singers, etc. etc. Um, yeah, and as jamo mentioned, I'm a vocal coach, which I also again, you know, there's the people side. I love, love, love to see people get better. That's a part of how I'm wired, and I and I love to help people I love to help people do what they thought they couldn't do. And uh, and so that's something I also do. And as he mentioned, um, working on an app called Pronotes is a uh, basically a music education app that helps uh anybody just be able to afford uh, music education. And so again, it's music, it's people, uh helping people grow and and be excellent in what they do. And uh you know, that's that's kind of how I'm wired and that's kind of how I got here. I don't know if that answers your question or not there Jamal.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um th- I guess one other thing too is that you are uh married as well. You've been married for just about five years. Oh, no, just over five years now. You've recently celebrated your fifth wedding anniversary. Tell us about mm-hmm. your lovely, lovely wife.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. So I met her singing in, in a choir, actually. The same one where I, uh, I sang with our our host, Jamo. Uh And, uh, yeah, she's great. Her name is Sam. And uh, she's a respiratory therapist here in the, in the city at the Children's Hospital. And, uh, like I said, connected through music. She also sings with me a ton, and uh, she's sung at different gigs that I've done, and then also at the church, and um, it's just kind of a, a massive part of my life, and uh, you know, I, I credit a large part of my sort of progress as a leader, or as an entrepreneur, or as a musician, uh, or different things like that, as a friend even to her. She's often my sounding board, she's, um, she's almost the complete opposite of me, and uh, and which is amazing because sh- she can see all my blind spots. She can call me out and uh, and tell me maybe when an idea is dumb or <laughs> or if I should if I should just <laughs> cut that out and do something else or whatever the case is. You know they say marriage just makes you a better person because you grow toward each other, and and I think that's so true. And so, uh, yeah, she's she's awesome. No kids yet, um, but just bought a home together and uh just kind of getting settled away and yeah just kind of loving loving life with her and just continuing to learn how to be a better husband and a better man and all that kind of fun stuff yeah
0: Mm -hmm. um i can't believe it's been five years man that's wild it's wild how time
1: flies yeah it's. it, it in some senses it feels like you know a breath and in some other senses, it feels like a lifetime. It's just kind of wild, but
0: yeah, man. Well, I've got a I got a few questions here for you. I guess in regards to just the idea for this podcast, um, the title is "Unexpected Experts," and the idea is that we explore the ways that people are experts in unexpected ways, and that you don't necessarily need a college graduation or a certificate or you know a, a certain job title or a certain position to be qualified to speak about whatever it is you're passionate about or whatever it is you're knowledgeable about. And the idea is that we're all knowledgeable about something. We're all qualified to speak about a certain subject or um, a certain area of interest or a certain idea. So I guess the ways that, um, that I've seen you as an expert and especially growing in your areas of expertise would be kind of as a musician and um, now in the last five years as a husband and, um, not to me, to your wife. Let's just get that. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also as a leader and as a pastor and as an entrepreneur and as someone who is very focused on people, I think out of all those things, that's how your expertise expresses itself in the world is that you are so focused on people. So um, why don't you talk about that, about... um. um There's there's this idea that like when you drive a certain car like you know Honda Civic then you see Civics everywhere or when you don't like a certain flavor or certain whatever in food if you don't like a certain flavor in food that that informs the way that you consume food Um, so I guess my question would be in what ways has being a musician or pastor or a leader or an entrepreneur or a husband um, shaped the way that you see the world.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. You know, um, I think, I, I think about this, I actually just went through a pretty in-depth self-exploration sort of exercise over the summer and, and just sort of started to, to, to dive in and, and learn about uh, what, why I do what I do and the way I'm wired and, and, you know, um, how I kind of, how I kind of ended up here after 33 years and uh, just kind of trying to make sense, you know, getting to know yourself. I mean, I think we spend a lot of times, a lot of our time getting to know other people, but we actually don't often sit down and think about, well, how am I wired and what are the the filters that I'm using to see life? You know, what are the lenses I have on and, and how am I wired from a genetic standpoint? You know, uh, what are some of my characteristics that you know? My, some of my strengths as a leader, and how can I maximize that? So it was really interesting. And and what I realized is there are a lot of common themes through all these different things you've mentioned. Whether it's musician, you know, leader, pastor, entrepreneur, husband, there are some core things that that keep drawing me to those things. And there are some different things, uh, different characteristics, or or different things that as well. But you know, what what I've learned overall is, is that, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, I am so uh, passionate about, um, living with purpose, you know, uh, knowing, knowing what you, identifying what you love to do, uh, making it a priority and just going for it. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of that is, you know, w- when it comes to me being a musician, um, I I love music I always have uh, but w- how that shaped the way I see the world I mean being a musician studying music uh as you know you know in college it, it required a lot of uh persistence it required you to just continuously go back to it you know whether you wanted to study you know the piano proficiency exams or Getting ready oh, for your journey. Don't even
0: talk to me about that. <laughs> I'm getting PTSD just in piano proficiency now. Jay has <laughs> uh,
1: got the shakes. Yeah. Oh, man. Or whether, it was, oh, yeah. <laughs> or whether it was music history or some of the things you just didn't want to do, but understanding the bigger picture and saying, you know, if I want to accomplish this, if I want to get my degree and keep going with this, then there's going to be some things that I, maybe I don't like to do. I just have to get it done. And so th- doing my degree uh, taught me a lot about. Persistency, uh, and just kind of going for it. Um, I guess a better word would be consistency, uh, just kind of every day, you know, doing that grind. And it it also taught me about the value of creativity. Um, how, how you, when you're creative, it actually, you, it flexes different muscles in your brain, uh, that you don't otherwise use and the value in that. And so, you know, that was, that was a big thing for me. Um, understanding the value of uh having a healthy balance of the creative, you know, and and the other side as well, you know, the hard work, the data, you know, whatever. Um, that kind of part of my brain. Or you could say left brain versus right brain. Sure. Um yeah. But when I I think that was the beginning of my journey. Uh because the, the musician studying music was one of the first things I I really kind of went after. And so that kind of taught me the value of consistency. And, and the value of creativity. Um, then moving into, you know, becoming a pastor, um, uh, it just required so, so much uh, humility, I think, and, and the developing the ability to listen to people, which I was never good at before. Uh, just being relatable and, and, and just being on, on the level with people and being there, being approachable
0: was, was so huge.
1: And it helped to nurture that caring sort of nature that, that I think, you know, um, pastors need to exhibit. pastor would be synonymous with like a shepherd kind of thing. Somebody who just cares and listens and, um, is, is very empathetic in nature. I was not an empathetic person before. Um, I was very much more, um, well, I was, kind of, I was kind of more selfish, really, than anything. And so I learned, I learned a lot of that through being a pastor. Of course, you know, and then moving into more different leadership roles, um, you know, that element, being a leader, uh, you know, Simon, um, Simon Sinek wrote a book called Leaders Eat Last, and just the, um, and he talks a lot about that and what true leaders, the qualities true leaders exhibit. And, and even if, if you're a person of faith, When you look at you know the biblical principles principles of Jesus, um, always always putting others first, leading from a place of servant uh, servanthood is just so valuable. And so I learned a lot about that, Uh, learning how to and leading from a
0: place of humility too, right? Like Jesus was the most the most humble person, um, but he exemplified leadership
1: so so incredibly well because of that Mm -hmm. humility too. Well, I think a great leader makes people feel comfortable. And if you're not humble and you're not approachable, then people aren't comfortable around you. And so nobody wants to lead out of fear. That doesn't get results. What, you know, what what great, what highly effective leaders do um, is make themselves approachable and make themselves uh, warm and empathetic around people uh, so that they feel comfortable speaking to the person that they're being led by. And so it's empathic listening, is empathic leadership. And so that was a big thing for me. Uh, growing up you know if you take a, in your model of leadership from you know movies or you know whatever the media leadership is often portrayed as kind of the opposite uh being a dictator being strong being you know aggressive um kind of thing and that's i just don't necessarily believe that that's the most sure you can lead that way i just don't believe that that's the most effective way of being um leading and so, yeah, I learned a lot about that in my entrepreneur journey with with uh, with ProNotes. Man, it has just taught me a ton about uh, being hungry, uh, being hungry, and being consistent. Uh, there are so many walls that you have to face, whether it's raising capital, whether it's running. And I mean, this is a tech startup, so running into issues with uh, software development, uh, licensing permissions, and it just you know, there's just, um, there's just something that's uh, so valuable about being able to like face, you know, a wall, you kick it down, face another wall, kick it down. And some of the most successful people in the world are just people who don't back down at a challenge um, and just kind of go for it. Uh, yeah. People so, that are so, good
0: wall kickers, you know,
1: good wall <laughs> kickers. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And just working hard, man, getting after it, you know, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's easy to, to just kind of like, uh, well, I read a book recently, uh, what was it called? uh, I think it was seven habits of highly effective people, or, um, I, th- oh, yeah. I think that was Stephen, Stephen Covey, Covey. Was it? Yeah. Covey. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, the, the one that, uh, the one that I'm talking about, it was called the the one thing and, uh, oh, yes. by Gary Keller. Yeah. Gary
0: Keller, and right. uh, it talks a lot about,
1: too. Oh, man, just transformative so for me, uh, for sure. And it talks about like not letting life happen to you in the sense of like, don't let life push you from one thing to the next without you actually making intentional decisions. And so if you want to be a musician, take the steps to to get there. Don't just kind of like, like let circumstances and life just kind of happen to you and you just sort of drift around from... Dead end job to dead end job, and not really enjoy what you do, but it gets super intentional, and like, and just choose the direction you want to go in life. And that was pretty impacting for me because I think so many people do that. They just kind of like come home from work, they just do the thing, watch Netflix, go to bed, get up, kind of just do the grind. Um, yeah. And being an entrepreneur and pursuing that kind of stuff, uh, I think a lot of people become entrepreneur entrepreneurs because they want to pursue. Something that might give them freedom or their own schedule or create something new and exciting. Or maybe they would just want to lead a team or burst something from nothing. And, and you can't do that if you don't start to think outside of the box. If you don't, like I said, kind of get after it and work hard. And, you know, like we talked about kicking down walls and stuff. that you. And so that's kind of what being an entrepreneur has really taught me. That if you can think it, if you can dream it, and you've got the, uh, the hunger to go after it. Um, that's a, that's like 90% of the battle. Um, yeah. most of the success, what I, I also heard another, I read another line that said something like, um, you know, the difference between successful entrepreneurs and not successful entrepreneurs is one just didn't stop while the other one did. And I just, I just like the simplicity of that. One just kind of kept going, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: that's and, good.
1: uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's simple, but, and of course when you're in it, it doesn't feel that simple, but that's true. Yeah, man. And that's, you know, honestly, man, going into being, being a husband, that's like, that's uh, true for being married. One of my mentors said to me, uh, one of the most, I think, again, simple, but um, profound things he said to me is uh, when he was married for 48 years. And, and I said, Hey, what, like, what's your, What's your success like story or what's your secret? And he just said, you know, I just say yes. I get up in the morning and I say yes. And he said, the second you start saying no, that's when you run into problems. And not say yes in a super submissive, passive way, but saying yes to, yes, honey, I will do the dishes even though like I'm tired today. Or yes, I'm going to put you first uh, tonight. Or, yes, I know work is busy, but I'm going to I'm gonna understand that, that you're a priority and make you a priority and say yes to you, and we're going to do this thing. And so yeah. it's simple, but it's taught me just marriage and being a husband has taught me a ton about that. Just that it's, you know, and that's kind of a culmination of, of what we've been talking about. It's taught me the value of persi- being consistent, you know, the value of being patient, and listening, um, you know, that I learned from being a pastor. It's taught me the the value of humility and being a servant, like what I learned from leadership. Um, and it's taught me the value of working hard and just kind of consistently going, going for more, trying to be better. As, as I've learned from being an entrepreneur, all those things are kind of culminated in being, being a husband. You just kind of, um, you try your best and, and, uh and, and, it's it's always work, but it's so, so fulfilling. And um, she's taught me a ton about how to be a better man than I ever would have been without her. So I don't know if that answers your question. I mean, it's, it's a big question. But uh, some of those things were huge for me in in how I see the world, how I see leadership, how I see all these different things. I mean, I just get jacked up because I just think there's just so much that we can do. Uh, if, we, if we truly know what our purpose is, what gets us fired up, and, and we can set priorities and kind of go for it, and it's a, it's a pretty big open world, and it's kind of exciting if you've got you know, the hunger to, to go after it.
0: really cool like the ways that you see humility and consistency and um, like all these different attributes intersecting and overlapping with you being a pastor or a leader or even an entrepreneur and a husband like there's so much overlap and um, it's cool to hear you like going into that personal development and that personal growth area so intentionally Mm. and and now what you've seen in yourself kind of coming out of all this too. Like, I know you're still doing some of that work, but um, yeah, the more that you know yourself as a person, the more you understand other people too. And yeah, yeah. I love what you said too. It's, it's not about us. Like we, we spend so much effort getting to know other people and meeting people and interacting and becoming friends with people, but there's also so much value in understanding and discovering who you are as a person and how you were made.
1: Hmm. Well, totally. And and you think about, um, I mean, so, so for example, um, if you're going to be, if you're going to be a leader and you're leading, say, we'll say just simple number. If you're going to be in, in responsible for the leadership of 200 people, um, and you're giving them direction, you're giving, sharing wisdom, you're developing them, you're whatever it is. Uh, you better believe that you're going to want to know yourself before you're going to get to know them. You know what I mean? It seems seems, seems kind of backward to get to get to know them and lead them and not even know yourself. It actually seems a little bit reckless. And so for me, that was kind of what I learned. I thought, gee whiz, I'm in this position of leadership and I'm doing all these different things, but I actually don't even really know what, uh, what my blind spots are, what makes me tick. You know, I don't know. Like when I get frustrated, I actually don't necessarily know why. And so I did this Strength Finders uh, test, which sort of drug up a bunch of different things that I, I learned. That I'm like, okay, let's, let's unpack this. And for me, um, uh, just l- learning about my top five strengths was was hugely valuable. So my top strength, my top five strengths from Strength Finders is um, uh, futuristic. So I constantly think about the future which makes sense for, with me being an entrepreneur you know the vision seeing what you can create which makes sense of being a leader you know um and another one is relator uh which i'm, I'm driven yeah. by connecting with people and bringing people with me which is again the whole pastor leader entrepreneur thing um yep, strategic definitely. but also
0: also that entrepreneur side too like you're you're bringing people along with you on this journey
1: Oh, totally. When you're selling yeah. the vision of something, you've got to know oh, yeah. how to speak to people. And and that relator and the futuristic, it's like you can paint a picture for people because you can see it, but the relator side of you brings them into that future with you, right? Uh, strategic was another one, which again is like entrepreneurship, big time, uh, music, thinking creatively, thinking strategically. Uh, focus is another one that was, was big for me. Um, uh, which is is really all about um, your ability to focus on things, concentrate and prioritize things and kind of uh, push everything else away, which is hugely important in leadership, entrepreneurship, being a husband, you name it. And belief um, was my, was my fifth, which totally makes sense because I'm a person of faith. I'm a person who believes strongly in principles and practices and that's also what helped me understand why sometimes I get frustrated when people necessarily don't follow through with what they say they'll do. Because I believe that they could, that because uh, I'm a person of principle. So I, for, for example, your your word is your bond. You know, uh, your, you know, all those different things. I believe I believe strongly in principles. And someone across that just get it just rubs me the wrong way. But it's important to know that as a leader, because you got to analyze. Sometimes why you're frustrated or, you know, another way that it's, it's good to know these things is because, um, I, when I see people necessarily not living up to their full potential, that kind of frustrates me because I am a futuristic person and a strategic thinker. So I can see people. I often look at people where they could be, not, I don't even necessarily always see where they are right now. I see the gold in them. And then because I'm a strategic thinker, I'm always thinking of ways that they can develop. And when they don't do that, I'm just like, oh, but you could be so much better. <laughs> Whatever it is you're perceiving to be, you know? And so uh, Strength Funders was massive for me in understanding how to more effectively lead, but also understanding the way I'm wired when like my blind spots and my weaknesses as a leader, just hugely important.
0: Yeah, So it's it's so important to to understand your blind spots too. Cause I know there's areas in my life where I'm really blind to my own behaviors or habits or characteristics. So it's, I, I always have to check in with people around me and ask them, Hey, what are areas that I'm feeling at that I don't see in myself? Or what are my blind spots that I need to work on because I don't see them.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent, man. My, one of my biggest strengths is like I said, the futuristic side. But, and that, which is great, but I'm never present. Like I'm, I'm rarely in the moment. And my wife says to right. me, you're often, always thinking need, ahead. I, totally. And sometimes she'll just like grab my head and she'll be like, I need you to be here with me right now. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what are you, what I am. But she's like, no, your mind is somewhere else. And so, um, and in oftentimes in my job, I'm like that too. Uh, So that's a shadow side of of being futuristic is is actually not being fully present when you need to be. And so pretty, pretty important stuff, man, for sure.
0: Yeah. It's interesting too, like as, as a pastor and as a leader, there's always so much emphasis on pastors and leaders and visionaries and entrepreneurs um, of having vision and having foresightedness and um, a picture or an idea to work towards. And that's, so valuable and so essential for those roles, but also understanding the value of being in the moment and being here and just sitting and existing and yeah, being in that moment with the people that are there, enjoying that, like, you know, watching that sunset, you know, when it's in front of you and not thinking about the sunrise is going to come tomorrow morning, right? Like sitting with that moment and being intentional about soaking that in. So important, oh, yeah,
1: and so many people that I know that I work with that are also futuristic people, all kind of in this in this specific context struggle with the same thing, and so that's again going back to this idea of getting to know yourself as a as a man or a woman first before you know how great of a leader you could be because you've got to know those those shadow sides and those weaknesses, right so yeah, for sure man that's a good thing about being humble and and having people in your life to hold you accountable that can say, hey. You're not uh, you're not here right now or or you're maybe you're being a little bit too fa- task focused and you're not focusing on relationships or, you know, you name it. And so a good spouse or um, a coworker, or a mentor specifically can, can get can help uh, help help identify those weaknesses and struggles. And so accountability is massive as well, which I didn't mention, but pretty important to know anyways. I, well, I
0: think accountability works in there really well too, in that the more you know about yourself, the more that you can share about what you've learned about yourself with other people for the purpose of them holding you accountable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Yeah. So if, if I find that I'm really, really work focused and I'm very, like my attention is set on doing work and excelling and achieving and that someone else in my life also knows that about me, they can point out when... I'm being very achievy or um task oriented and say, "Hey, I need you here now. This work can wait. I need you here present
1: with me." I think you right? said so achievy so that- and I love that word. Achievy, yeah. <laughs> we're making up words today. It's great. I think I said persistency. I think I don't you did, think yeah. Is a word.
0: But well, hey. it is now. We're we're just reinventing the English language here as That's the same uh, place. as we do. That's right. Um, I think this whole like personal discovery and personal growth idea sort of dovetails into my, into my next question, which would be what, um, what defining moments or experiences in your life have pushed you to do something that you now see was really critical in your development?
1: Yeah. You know what, man, this, this may be oversimplifying it, but it's the hard stuff you know, it's, it's the trudging through the mud. It was the, it was the trauma. It was the struggles that, that, uh, really were critical in my development. Um, every, when I look back in the course of my life, every, almost every negative thing had a positive outcome. Um, and so, you know we talk about well why do why do bad things happen and i'm so far beyond thinking that bad things are always bad things i think that there's so many great things that that come from challenges from struggles you know you name it there's a, there's a million and one clichés um you know diamonds are formed under pressure you know plants grow best through pruning uh you know stuff like that um it, it's just yeah. it's it's true you know the shadow proves the sunshine you know that's an old uh, I think Coldplay lyric or something, but yeah, like every um, cloud has the silver
0: lining, right? All that, hundred
1: percent. You know, I, I grew up in a kind of a dysfunctional family, and and my my dad wasn't around very much, and um, and I kind of grew up with an absent absent father. And but but what I learned from that was, man, I I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be the best dad that I can be one day. And I took that and, you know, another cliche, you know, bad things can make you bitter or better, you know, <laughs> and you choose to be better. You choose to grow. You choose to rise to the challenge. Uh, and so. So, yeah, man, there's been a, a ton of situations that was critical in my development. Some of the ones that I think of um, is that, that really were, were formative is probably one of the one of the first significant ones was when I got married. You know, I went through a fundamental shift. Psychologically, emotionally, when when Sam and I were engaged, we we were reading through a book called, uh, oh, Tim Keller wrote it, uh, The Meaning of Marriage, and he talks about how um, people when they get divorced, they say, well, you're not the person I once knew, you know, you've changed, and he says, well, yeah, that's that's not a, an excuse to get divorced because you're constantly changing, and that's the thing. Do you, you want to grow together or do you want to grow apart? And change is inevitable. But for me, man, when I got married, like I said, I had that psychological shift of like, holy cow, I am responsible for this extra life now, not just me. And it like I didn't dude, it changed everything about the way I thought about like I didn't know about budgeting, I didn't know about personal finance, I didn't know about investing and all that kind of stuff. I didn't care about um the long term goals, plans. Uh, but the second I got married, when I got home from my honeymoon, I just be- I just began to think about that because now I have to I have that pressure. And now my wife wasn't putting that pressure on me was was myself. But it changed me because. I thought, man, I need to I need to be a better man for my wife if I want to give her the life that uh, that she deserves. And of course, then thinking back to my upbringing. I thought, I don't want to live in what was, was handed to me. I want to live above that, live beyond it and create a great life Change you know, call it whatever you want, changing your legacy, changing your family tree, uh, whatever it is. Uh, And so I started to like, like I said, kind of go after it and say, I'm going to be the best husband I'm going to be. I'm going to to learn to be um, financially responsible. I'm going to learn to be a great leader. I want to, create some sort of freedom in my life i want to do what i love you know all these different things and so that was one of the first challenges in my my life was like kind of working through all that kind of stuff first when i got married that that fundamental shift um yeah another critical uh changing point for me was when i was in between jobs you know i went through a, a season where i uh wasn't working in an area that i that i enjoyed at all um and waiting for another job to to come about that that really kind of suited my strengths and it was in that season where i started to think outside the box and started to observe and 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 see okay well while you're here what can you learn while you're here yeah you don't like your job it's kind of a drag but what what can you how can you grow um and, uh, and that's kind of what inspired some of these things that I'm still doing today, you know, like the, the pronos, you know, something that, that happened in that season. And so that was a real, um, real great thing that came from, from, uh, that season where I was out of work, <laughs> you know, my wife being a student, I'm working three jobs. I mean, it was just crazy just trying to pay the bill, but, but some of the most beautiful things came from those times um i read a read a quote uh, the other day that just said um the pers the person at the top of the mountain didn't fall there you know and uh it just it's it just so um speaks to the cl- just you know that that the climb the work it just takes work you know and and that just because it's hard doesn't mean that it's bad and uh and so yeah for me those were some 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 things that happened whether it was being out of work or struggling to kind of find out who you are beginning in 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 marriage um or or maybe just kind of a not an ideal situation growing up or whatever the case is it, it was always the negative stuff that that catapulted me into uh aiming higher to going going for something better than i currently new, you know, does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many experiences that shape who we become. And, um, there's always that question of nature versus nurture, like how much of who you are is actually just the nature of who you are versus how much of it is nurture. And I think, um, I think so much of what we are really, the way that I see it is very much nurture more so than nature I think there's things Mm -hmm. about us that, um, that we are and will always be right. Like I've, I've got, you know, blue eyes and white skin and, and that's the, you know, part of the nature of who I am, but there's also the ways that I've been raised with my family and my younger brothers and my parents that nurtured me into who I am and, um, what my personality has become and how I see the world. Like so much of that was shaped by the nurturing that I received as a kid. So I definitely lean more towards the nurture side of the whole nature versus nurture, but there's definitely a massive part that nature plays into that too. So Mm
1: -hmm. yeah,
0: it's interesting too. Like I remember you, you and I sitting down probably about a year after you and Sam got married and we had coffee and I was in, a really weird space in my life and you were in a very different space in your life and um and I remember us having a conversation about, you know, being single versus being married and the and the differences there. But also, um, I remember how much you encouraged me when I was still very single to enjoy the moments that you have and to, you know, go out to the mountains because you can just go do that. Or mm-hmm you know, eat a whole pizza by yourself if you want to do that. Cause you can just do that. Like enjoy those moments while you have them. Right. Mm-hmm. And not to say that, that there's no fun when you're in marriage. Cause obviously there is, but it, it reminded me, um, kind of like we were talking about earlier to actually just live in the moment and to be where you are and to be okay with where you are
1: mm-hmm.
0: and to just sit and be and exist and accept that. Um, yeah. Well, totally. Also, man. Like, also there's like a level of anticipation there too. Right. But
1: yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that saying that, you know, if, if the, if the grass is greener on the other side, then water your grass, you know? And, yeah,
0: and, exactly. Yeah.
1: And I love that because it's like when we're, when we're single, we just dream about being married. And then when we're married, we're dreaming about being single. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like if you want <laughs> your situation to be better, work on it, work on yeah. enjoying it, work on, choosing to find the joy in where you are because joy just doesn't it doesn't just happen you've got to choose it it's got to be intentional you've got to say hey what am i thankful for today and so yeah water the grass be present enjoy each moment as it comes and so you're right man that that and that was a big lesson i was learning in that season when we were chatting and that's probably why i was talking about because i'm a verbal processor (laughs)
0: What, you? Verbal processor? No, never. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. When I was in that period and in that season, there were a lot of people that I was... um, that I was... Trying to get advice from and trying to listen to. And uh, I mean, you were a big voice in my life at that point just because we were such good friends. Um, but I'm curious about what other people that you've had in your life that have been um, voices of influence or voices of mentorship um, that have helped you in your development and shown you who you can become.
1: Oh, dude, that's first of all, I just think it's so important. To have people, uh, you know, uh, ahead of you in some way, shape, or form, that oh, can absolutely. show you the path. You know, they've they've learned all the lessons the hard way, or or, or maybe the the right way, or whatever. But they could share good advice for you. Um, early on, um, I learned. I, I I read this saying. I don't know. It's from a book somewhere that you are. Your personality is a combination of the top five personalities that you spend the most time with.
0: Yeah, definitely. I've heard that before too. where you are you are the sum of the people you surround yourself with.
1: Yeah, and you know it goes back to when your mom said, you know, when when she wasn't wasn't liking who you were hanging out with. You know, you are who your friends are. You know, garbage in, yeah. garbage out. You know, yeah. whatever your your output is directly affected by your input. And and so I started thinking pretty critically about that. And, and, uh, just thinking, man, who, who do I want to become right as a man, as a leader, as a pastor, as a husband, as a, you know, fill in the blank and who's going to shape that for me. And so I just kind of started reaching out to, um, people in those areas that I wanted to, to grow in. And I'm just a big, I'm a big believer of that. that if you wanna, if you wanna be, if you wanna be great with, you know, personal finance, think about one of, you know, try and get connected with some of the most financially successful people you know. If you want to be a great husband, reach out to somebody you think is the is the best husband that you know, and start just start talking to them. You know, um, for me, you know, it was one of my professors that that in college that um, gave me some incredible marriage advice um, and and continued to and way before I was married uh, but can and he, he shared a lot of those things with me that um, that were pretty formative and I carried with me into my marriage uh, another guy I connected with through um, this whole uh, software like the startup journey you know through entrepreneurship uh, a guy actually very successful um, had no real reason to like really kind of invest in me, but stepped in really, of course, looking back, that was, I don't know, four years ago, stepped in, believed in me, kind of invested in what I was doing, gave me some great books to read. Um, and it just kind of helped light the fire because I think he knew that maybe the fire wasn't lit or maybe, maybe there were some insecurities or maybe I just needed some people to believe in me um and was massive for my for for those early days of like even just believing in myself because if, if i'm going to launch an a vision or an idea or a project it's not enough for me to believe in the project before i even think about that i've got to believe in myself as the driver of that and so there's a big deficiency and if, if i don't and i think you saw that great idea but maybe not a great Uh, leader yet. And so helped me like helped encourage me and tell me that I could do this, all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, I think too, like that really, that really goes back to what you were talking about earlier about the way that you see your personal growth and the way that you invest in other people too, is you can see things in other people that, um, that they maybe don't see in themselves. And so that's really cool that somebody else saw that in you, at a very formative mm. time, um, at that point, um, uh, that they saw something special in you to grow you and develop you. And now you've, you're almost carrying the torch in a way and, mm-hmm. and inspiring other people and helping grow and develop other people that maybe don't see the greatness in themselves. I just think that's really 100%, cool. hundred percent,
1: man. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it, it comes full circle and yeah,
0: like the, you know, the whole idea of mentorship and discipleship and that that we follow behind somebody but there's also people following behind us
1: mhm and i just think it's it's there's been a, so many people of of that nature that stepped into my life though i didn't deserve it or whatever the case was and that's why i'm i'm such a big proponent uh for uh for being approachable um serving people you know having having an eye out for seeing seeing the potential in other people and helping them grow to where they could be. Um, I, you know, I'm a, you ask my wife, I've always been a sucker for a good underdog story. Uh, yeah, just believe in people, that's you know? True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So he, uh, you know, I was just so, so cool. Right. And then another person is, is actually one of my current mentors. Um, I really wanted to, uh, so random, funny story for you. Um. Uh, he's currently a financial mentor for me, and actually, I met him when I was in between uh, jobs of what I really, really enjoyed, which was you know leadership, music, you know all that kind of stuff. I was working, I was working in the trades, doing just like uh, general contracting stuff. <laughs> and I was, I was b- building this guy's kitchen, installing new cabinets, and uh, this guy just. We just kind of, I mean, I don't know. I was just kind of a grunt guy just working on his house, beautiful home. And the guy just seemed really warm, really approachable, and uh, obviously had done well in, in, uh, in, in life and business and all that kind of stuff. And just seeing that opportunity to, to start relationship and to have, uh, you know, when we go back to who you're learning from, who you're surrounding yourself with, and I just said, hey, man, uh, I know you don't know me, um, but I uh, really want to be, uh, I really want to learn and I really want to grow about how to be better with my money, how to budget, how to, you know, do all these different things. And uh, and I see that you've done, obviously done a great job. And can I'd love to sit down for coffee with you sometime and just, uh, would you would you be willing to do that and just kind of share with me a little bit about your journey and, and you know, Give me any tips you 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 would feel comfortable doing. And <laughs> this guy was like, "Absolutely, I'd love to do that." Um, oh, that's and so, so it, cool. I know it was so it was like it was like so random, but I just felt that that moment of like, "Hey, I'm just gonna like." It's the equivalent of doing a cold call, you know, in business. I'm just gonna reach out to this sure. guy, just throw it out there, see see if he's willing. And that was, I guess, three and a half, three years ago, and we're Good friends. I mean, he's retired now. Um, and, uh, but man, he's such a, he's what you would call a person of peace for me. He, we really, really just have a natural connection. And he has taught me so, so much. If I didn't reach out and just ask, you know, um, it wouldn't have, that connection wouldn't have been made. And he's taught me how to grow uh, my business and taught me about, and like I said, about the personal finance, but also business finance. And, um and then so many of things outside of that and of course he's been married for you know 40 years and and uh so a big a big um a big influencer in my life and again somebody who saw a young guy just full of uh, full of drive and 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 probably a little uncontained energy and just wanted to help uh help get give me some direction of focus and so um Those are just some some people who have kind of like really stepped in and and sort of shaped how how I see leadership and uh, my role in in that side of things, of course, in the pastoral role as well. I'm I'm, I'm the same. I'm of the same belief. If you want to be a great leader, if you want to be a great pastor, find out those find those guys or girl like ladies or whatever. And reach out and say, Hey, I'd love to learn from you approaching them with humility and saying, Hey, you're obviously an expert in this field. I'd love for you to if, if you'd be willing, let me buy you a coffee sometime. And uh and and so just that's just been so so key in my life. And I'm just a big, big um advocate for that. You you shape you're you're intentional about who you spend your time with and uh and and allow them to direct you in the ways that you want to, in the ways that you want to go or grow. Yeah. Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah. And that, that really reminds me of uh, something John Maxwell says all the time too, is like, you can't be a good leader until you're a good follower, right? Like you have to be comfortable with following if you want to have other people follow you. You have to Mm -hmm. model what being a leader looks like. Um, But also like, who's to say that you can't choose the people that you follow? right? Like choose those five Mm -hmm. people that have gone on ahead of you that have had that experience that you can essentially just follow in their footsteps and learn what you can from them. And yeah, I think that's so cool that you just met this guy and were like installing cabinets at his house and saw the results that he had and went out on a limb and asked, is there any way that I can learn from you? I think that's really cool. Um, And that's that's often something that we just don't do really. Like We see other people's successes and we want that for ourselves, but we don't intentionally seek it out in that way. We always think, oh man, well, they, they did their work and they did their thing and that's good for them. But then it just kind of dies there. So there's, I think that's really amazing that you just went out on a limb and really the worst he can say is no, and then that's fine. And then you live your life. But, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's pretty cool
1: well and and honestly man like the more that I learn uh, about uh, how we're wired as as humans um, what we really crave and desire, um, the more I realize that people want to feel valued people want to feel wanted people want to feel needed, and so if a person has has had success in their life just because they've had success doesn't mean that they're denying that that they're they're now denying the fact that they're wired to to want to be valued or to want to add value to somebody's life or to want to be wanted. They still have that in, in their DNA and so that's oh, why a lot of the totally and that's why this question lands so well when you can approach them with humility. And and say, hey, I'd love to learn from you. That that even that question for somebody, no matter what their level of success are is, it just checks off something in their box that says, I'd I'd love to, I'd love to help this person. And so often we shy away from those interactions because we think they're too busy or we think they're too or maybe we're intimidated by them, or sure. whatever the case is. But so much of um so many of my interactions were just like that, um, where I said, "Hey, can I can I grab you for 25 minutes? I'll buy you a coffee." And, and just you know, um, could you imagine what kind of world it would be if we were if nobody was willing to teach anybody anything they've learned, right? Like everybody would be stagnant and nobody would grow, nobody would do anything because nobody's sharing. What they've yeah. learned, nobody's sharing their journey. It would be awful, <laughs> and uh, well, like we no, we wouldn't even progress. So we ha- going back to this analogy you're saying is as you're learning, as you're being poured into, you have to pour out. Uh, there is a bigger, uh, I think, fundamental principle that we that we observe and follow that we don't even necessarily acknowledge, but that I think that's just a part of being a leader. That's a part of Personal growth and maybe we intend like maybe we consciously observe it but i think many people don't but that's how we grow and it would be a really weird world if we if nobody did that you know um and so yeah i just think it's pretty cool
0: yeah it'd be something if the only thing you knew about the world were the things that you discovered yourself and that was it yeah 100 percent um I got, I just got like one more question for you. I guess we got a little bit, I guess we're running a bit high on time, but just one more question for you. Um, it's, it's just a thought that I've had for a little bit that it doesn't matter what people do. There's always some area that people wish other people knew about their jobs. So I work at a German import store here in Calgary. And we do Mm -hmm. a lot of shipping all over the country. We do shipping to customers and we do shipping wholesale to other businesses. And so I'm working in the shipping area right now. And one thing that I wish people knew about my job is how expensive it is to ship things across the country and how long it's going to take, right? They expect Mm. it to be there at a certain time or they, you know, they see that they're going to get their package in three days and it ends up taking five days because postage is crazy. And we're also in the middle of like a global pandemic. So it is what it is. And we do the best with what we've got. Um, So, I mean, that's, that's an example of something that I wish people knew about my job. So what's something that you wish people knew about your job as a pastor or as, mm. um, or I mean, even as a husband, not, I mean, not that you being a husband is a job, but you know what I'm saying, right?
1: Oh, well, yeah, for sure. there's so many things <laughs> um <laughs> specifically being related to uh you know a pastor or you know even more specifically like music pastor so where i where I lead worship is a is a large church, as you mentioned, and people have a tendency to look at people on stage and elevate them right and hold them uh they just sort of see them as like people who have it all together, you know, they always look, they got their Sunday's best on, they always, hair's cut, you know, singing nice, you know, and they always, they always observe and say, oh, these people have it together. You know, they're, they must be great um, Christians or people of faith. They must have great marriages. They must, you know, whatever. And there's sometimes when we do, when we do interviews for people to become a part of the music teams, Um, they just, there is this element of like, oh, um, you wouldn't understand this, but I have a, I'm having a difficult time in this area, or I know you have it all together, but here's something that I'm wrestling with or, you know, and there's always those like weird, uh, weird sort of, not expectations, but these weird self um, applying things that they think about, us without like people in leadership or specifically even in in musical leadership. And I've had to say in so many, I remember there's one person uh, we sat down, he wanted to go for coffee and talk about getting involved. And we sat down and he said, um, Oh, me, me and my wife watch you all the time. We watch you on TV and we watch you in the service. And when, you know, he said, well, when I, when I found out um, that I would be talking to you, we were so excited. And, and I, it was just so um, weird, <laughs> so strange. <laughs> and I said, hey, man, I just, but you know what, before we, before we continue on with this whole interview coffee thing, I want you to know that I am absolutely um, a broken human being. You know, that I am weak at times, that I struggle a ton, but sometimes I'm not a great husband sometimes I'm not a good husband, you know, um, that I make a ton of mistakes that, you know, that me and you, we are the exact same thing. And sometimes I can't stand my job. And sometimes I love my job, you know? Um, yeah. And I just, in that moment, I just had to stop them and say, I know that you always see this thing, this like polished presentation when I'm, when a speaker speaking or when I'm singing or, whatever the case is, but don't let that fool you. Don't look at my highlight reel and make and and fool you into thinking that this is what my life looks like all the time.
0: Man, that's so legit.
1: Yeah. And so if I were to say to, because in my position, um, I, I sometimes face that. And what I want people to know most is that, um, Just because someone's in a person of leadership doesn't mean that they got their, their life together any more than you do, or that their life is any more better, or that, that they've been handed a, a, you know, a different, a a better deck of cards. You have no idea, you know, what's going on. And, uh, and so don't ever be afraid to talk with them, approach them. Uh, Maybe they actually need a good conversation more than you even realize. Um, and so. That's probably something I would want people to know. Yeah. But
0: none of us are perfect. Well, you know, yeah. that we're, we're all people and we're all trying to figure this thing out. And man, I think that just, that, that really reminds me of the whole like highlight life that we put forward on social media all the time. Right. And, oh man. And the extent yeah. to which that shapes the way that people view other people, everyone's got their stuff. Everyone's got the Mm -hmm. skeletons in their closet. Everyone's got things they're trying to figure out at home with, with their wives and their husbands and their kids. And, um, yeah, not everything is all polished and shiny and perfect. And we've all got Mm -hmm. our, our stuff that we're dealing with.
1: Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. And he was, we were talking about um, just relationships and stuff. And and he just, it just in passing, it said, oh, well, you and your wife are like the classic Instagram couple, (laughs) you know? And I was like, what? I don't, and something inside of me just didn't like that because I'm like, no, that's not what this is about. And, and Sam and I, from the very beginning of our marriage, we've always made a promise to each other. And we've always been dedicated to telling, to being open, honest, transparent with people about the challenges and the successes, the wins, the struggles of marriage, because it's just so important to do that because we live in such a superficial world. And like you said, everyone's highly really shoved down your throat so much. And so when it's so important to be transparent, and so you want to come in our place and sit around our kitchen table and see how we do life. Let's do it. You know, because um you're going to see pretty quickly that we get some things right for sure, but we get some things wrong and we're pretty oh, yeah. normal, you know. And uh and so it's just, you know, when I talk about one thing I want people to know in my in my role, but in my marriage as well, going back to that. It's like I just I'm so tired of of society in in that sense of like the the Instagram uh the Facebook, the comparison game. You know, and man, if everybody could just feel comfortable in their own skin and then insecurities weren't a thing, that would be just the biggest blessing. And so that would be my thing is is I just want people to know that um that that this is stop maybe looking at highlight reels and just understand and not compare, but understand that you know what people Um, we all struggle and, and we all want to be valued and you can approach people and talk to them. And you know what people like people in, in positions of leadership, not only, um, yes, they struggle, but who knows, they probably are craving to have a conversation with somebody because chances are, if, if they're in leadership, they're probably a little bit lonely because they don't often get to, get to talk to people and, you know, let their hair down, so to speak. Yeah. That's, that's, um, I think pretty important.
0: Yeah. That reminds me of what you said earlier about your friend that you asked to sit down for coffee with him. Right. And kind of pull back the curtain and see how the sausage Mm -hmm. is made. Right. That's, I think that's so important that you don't just view him the way that, um, that you see him, but you want to, you want to see what's behind the curtain and you want to understand how he got to where he is in his life. And
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely that too. Yep.
0: Well, Mitch, this has been great, man. Honestly, thanks so much for, for being on here and uh, for making the time. Yeah, thanks so much, brother. Appreciate it.
1: It's an honor, brother. Sorry if I talk too much, but this, <laughs> the stuff you're asking me is, man, this is this is my jam. This is what I love. So uh, happy to be a part of this, uh, this journey and, and, and just to kind of share a chat together and talk about the things that we love. So That's thanks right. for having me.
0: Man, thanks so much. I appreciate it.
1: No sweat. Uh, it's, it's an honor, brother.